if you're in the revenue or sales side of the business, as you're thinking about prospects and clients, you're trying to get a sense of where we have relationships, where we can leverage relationships to improve and drive revenue, where we can leverage relationships to shore up our forecast. And that discussion ends up going down the path of who knows who around here. And so IntraHive was formed around the basic premise that uh, companies are leaving revenue opportunities on the table, leaving money on the table because they're not taking advantage of the relationship intelligence they have within their organization. So the IntraHive is really about understanding across your employee base, which is your hive, if you will, who knows who across prospects and then the clients. And so now we've evolved to go beyond just answering the question of who knows who to also answering who knows who, who reports to who should we know. So really giving you this whole client intelligence perspective so that you and the revenue generating side of the business can improve your results. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Lee Blakemore. Lee is a dynamic and accomplished business executive with over 30 years of experience in driving growth, innovation, and transformation in the technology industry. As a CEO of IntroHive, Lee leads the company's global sales. Welcome to our show, Lee. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Great to have you as well. So how did you get into the tech industry? I, I stumbled into it right out of college. I 30 some odd years ago, I was looking for a job right out of college or university, as you guys say. And I sent my resume out to about 100 companies. 99 of them weren't in the tech business. And lucky for me, I'd say the one company that responded was as it was a computer company, as we call it back then. I grew up in the, in the auto parts business. And so I thought I was going to get a job working for an auto parts company. But anyway, instead of selling spark plugs, I was selling computers. So it worked out well for me. So can you tell us more about IntroHive? What is this platform exactly? Yeah, sure. So Interhive is a platform that's focused on client intelligence. It's, a, it's roughly a 10-year-old company based up here in Fredericton, Canada. And initially, the groundbreaking initial solution was really trying to help customers understand who knows who. So if you think about yourself as a medium to large size organization that has a sales or revenue generating function, one of the things that you're always asking yourself if you're in the revenue or sales side of the business as you're thinking about prospects and clients, you're trying to get a sense of where we have relationships, where we can leverage relationships to improve and drive revenue, where we can leverage relationships to shore up our forecast. And that discussion ends up going down the path of who, who knows who around here. And so IntraHive was formed around the basic premise that uh, companies are leaving revenue opportunities on the table, leaving money on the table because they're not taking advantage of the relationship intelligence they have within their organization. And so the Hive and IntraHive is really about understanding across your employee base, which is your hive, if you will, who knows who across prospective mm. prospects and then the clients. And so now we've evolved to go beyond just answering the question of who knows who 
to also answering who knows who, who reports to who should we know? And so really giving you this whole client intelligence perspective so that you and the revenue generating side of the business can improve your results. And how is the intelligence gathered? Is it by human input or is it some sort of artificial intelligence? This is where the really what the clever thing is. We're actually using client data. So we actually work with your email system. And so we, we gather all the activity of your employees as they communicate with customers oh. and prospects and have meetings and customers and prospects. Yeah. Basically, so basically we create a hive for a company, which is a combination of your employee roster, if you will. And then all of the email activity that your employees have and all of the calendar activity that your employees have with your clients and your prospects. And we put that together for you. And then we do two things. One is we can put this back into your CRM system so that all of the insights that you're trying to pull out of your CRM system are actually much more accurate and complete because now you have data because we all know that getting people to enter in data into CRM systems can be a challenge. And additionally, we actually have a pretty cool set of dashboards and other sort of analytical tools that you can use on your independent of your CRM. But it's really about taking your data, which is locked inside of your email system and in your calendars and those type of systems, and really bringing that to the service to basically give you those insights about what's going on between your employees and your customers and prospective customers. And that can help with even upselling, right? For sure. Yeah. It's amazing how little, how much data we have about the interaction between our companies and our clients. On the one hand, we have all this data that's locked and trapped in our email systems and in our calendar invites, et cetera. And yet when you go to the CRM and you look, usually most companies have the bare minimum amount of information. So if you say, hey, let's go into the CRM and let's understand who knows who between my company and this client, there's usually not any information in there. All that information is stuck or locked inside of your email system. So we basically unlock that for you as a client. That's amazing. So what industry do you find your tool to be most beneficial in? Is there a specific industry? Yeah, right now, and historically, we've focused on three sort of verticals or industries, which is basically large services industries, such as the legal industry. So we have, I won't go into all the details, but we have quite a few large global law firms and basically large services firms that sell to large firms. So large law firms, consulting firms, accounting firms, financial services. Think of large organizations that also then sell to large organizations where all of this relationship intelligence is both very helpful and frankly, it's hard to collect, right? Because the folks yes. in those companies tend to not want to spend a bunch of time updating their CRM system. Mm. As we pivot to our other value properties is basically feeding your CRM system with your own data, that is really any sales organization that has more than a hundred set sellers and a CRM system. If you go talk to those folks, they will tell you that one of their, one of their biggest challenges is getting their CRM data complete and getting it maintained. And we actually can do that for the clients with their own data. So we really have two value plays, if you will. And there's, especially these larger organizations, they have so much data, they have so much information to actually feed that into a CRM system <clears throat> could take a lot of manpower, a lot of time, but your software actually pulls it automatically, which is great. That's right. So 
Yeah, if you you go talk to large organizations or any organization with the CRM, they the it's almost like a I don't want to say a design flaw, but to, we most companies that have a CRM system or have a revenue generating team, if you will, you want to have you want to get insights on what's going on. What's the health yeah. of my pipeline? What's the health mm. of what's basically what's the health of my pipeline and where do I have risk in my forecast? And where can I accelerate revenue, which would be places where do I have great relationships, but we're not capitalized on those where the mm. revenue is low. Yeah. And Excellent. those sort of insights, you want to get those out of your CRM system often. But when you go into CRM, the data isn't there. Why isn't the data there? The people that need to enter the data, they are traveling, experienced, senior, yeah. busy people. And they're and mm. You basically have to turn them into data entry people, which isn't cost effective. Yeah, no. You have a, almost a design flaw with the concept here. And, but all the data does exist. It's in your email, right? So yeah. you, you and I email each other five times a month. We got a pretty strong relationship. I'm going to flop. I'll give you a relationship score of five. Whereas if you and I just know each other on LinkedIn, we never, ever interact with each other. Our relationships probably isn't very strong. If I take mm. that data and overlay it on my forecast, if I'm a sales leader, a CRO, CMO, that kind of person, anywhere I have an intersection between committing business and the relationship score is weak, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But the data is there. It's locked inside your email system. It's locked inside your calendaring system. We just unlock mm-hmm. it for you. It's such a unique or a hidden niche. It's such a great yeah. idea that you guys came up with because all the data is in the emails. There's so much communication happening back and forth that nobody pays attention to. That kind of data can really help increase their sales. Yeah, exactly. And as you say, it's right there. There's there's several great companies out there that will populate your CRM with external data, data that's available out mm. there. But that's not your relationship data. That's just no. basically filling out sort of it's static information. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. Right. So mm. if you think about it as a sales leader and you want to know Here's all the business we're forecasting for the quarter. Where is my relationship strong? Where is it weak? If I have weak relationships and I'm forecasting business, that's probably a risk. That's probably something I want to go double click on and see if the team can shore that situation up. And does the software actually categorize as well, bundle specific groups of people like people or issues, for example, if there's a same type of problem that keeps showing up? It would give you on your dashboard exactly saying that this is the most common feedback that we're getting in our pipeline. Resolve it. Is there such a thing? There's some analytics that'll point you to actions that you should take. So what we're starting to do, the first step was getting all this data into one place and then putting some scoring around relationships. And the next step we're doing is starting to recommend actions that your sales team or your revenue generating team should take based on our analytics and some of the AI work that we're doing. We can start to take the next step, which is, hey, based on our, based on the data, you should go take this action here. You should go take this action here. And that is based on historical and the loop and past experiences. If this happened, if you take this action, this will happen. As the system gains more intelligence, they can start making recommendations on what you should go to. So that's the path we're heading down. And as you, you, know, you zoom out and you think about what our user experience is across a whole series of platforms, whether for personal use or business use, 
and you think about how the world is operating outside of your CRM, and then you walk into your CRM realm and you're looking at how the, it's just, it's really out of touch and out of step with the times. So there's a lot of opportunity for us to actually start making recommendations, making suggestions, mm. and then you can actually start benchmarking your organizations against other organizations in your industry yeah. to get a sense how well your team is performing. So we have a pretty, pretty exciting roadmap where we're heading down this direction because that's where the market needs to be. So you're going to utilize artificial intelligence, I assume. Yes, we do. And we're exploring ways to incorporate that and just keep, keep automating things, keep raising the bar. Yeah. And really the idea is to take the talented and frankly, sometimes expensive employees you have in your organization and really maximize their opportunity and maximize the investment you have in those folks. So they spend more of their time engaging with clients, engaging with prospects and making the right decisions, engaging with the right people. And you can use data to elevate yeah. that, that process. Yeah. It definitely sounds you're a CEO of a fun company or fun innovation or cool, something that actually uplifts a business because the kind of data that you're pulling, but how do you find it? Do you find it your role? Is it a busy, a stressful type of role, or is it something that you're quite happy in? Yeah, it's, it's a super fun place to be because first, anybody, any company you go talk to about their CRM, they'll, one of their top three things they're going to say is that the CRM data is a challenge for me. And we've seen organizations yeah. use a carrot and a stick to try to address yeah. that. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to be in a place where I can go walk in. Solution come, walk provider. In yeah, yeah, you can just walk yeah. into anybody and say, "Yeah, one of your top five issues, I got a solution for it." And it's yeah. not a. Uh, and we've been in business for ten years. We have hundreds of clients, big Fortune five hundred, global brand name, so it's Good. a proven thing. So that Good. is a pretty fun situation. Now, we manage. We're a global company, so we have employees scattered in multiple countries, multiple time zones. We've got clients all over the place. We're a we're vastly growing company. So that, that keeps me on my toes. So that's, that's the challenging part. And uh, we have so many great employees and we're continuing to bring in a lot of younger employees. And so I, I really get a lot out of taking the experience that I've amassed over the last 30 years, both good experiences and bad, if you will, and really try to mentor and help the folks that are a little younger, learn, see if I can pass some things on. So that's a fun part about what I'm doing as well. Yeah, definitely. But see, you're part of a really good company when you have such a, a broad or a big part of a solution for a company. And it just feels good when you walk in and you're that shining star to help bring more business into their door or make their organization more efficient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a good place to be. No, we have, it's, we have our work cut out for us and nobody's yeah. perfect, but, but yeah. it's, it's a great place to be. It certainly is. Yeah. So. Are you able to share, Lee, it's okay if you don't, but how are your annual revenues? Are you guys hitting some serious numbers problem? Yeah, we're a fast growth company. So our revenue is growing quite a bit on a regular basis. We don't release a lot of the details about that, but I'm more than happy to answer questions for people when they have them. But we were a, a startup company, if you will. Like I said, we've been in business for about 10 years. And so we've seen a pretty nice trajectory of growth. And really as a company, we're entering the sort of the next, the next phase of which is maturing some of our processes, 
maturing some of the leadership positions because as you companies as you grow you grow through stages stages if you will so we're entering the next stage as we scale up and the challenge and the opportunity for me is how do we take the company to the next level of growth and develop the team along with it so that we continue to grow with the team we have and so that for me is really what's fun and exciting because I've been through this sort of situation a few times and I've managed very large global organizations in the past. And so for me, it's fun to sit down with people that are earlier in their career that maybe haven't had some of these experiences and lay out, Hey, this is the journey we're on. This is the ride that we're getting ready to go on. So fasten your seatbelt and (laughs) enjoy the ride and grow as we go. That's a fun thing for me. That's a fun yeah. thing for me because I, yeah. I've been fortunate enough in my awesome. career to have, have some success. And so now it's time to That's cool. share that, share with some younger folks. Yeah. There's something about that. When you give back, it just feels really good, especially when you have that kind of experience. You've been, been doing this for over 30 years. Can you share a specific challenge that you had to deal with in your career, one that just stands out? And then how you overcame it? How did you handle it or fix it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had good years and bad years and I've made <laughs> loads of mistakes. One thing, I, the first time I was a people manager, I think I was 27 and I had to manage, I was a salesperson. I got promoted into being a manager and I had to manage 10 people and they were all older than me. And I was horrible at it. And I was, I did, that was not a good, it was not a good experience, yeah. but it was a great learning experience. And so I reflect back on that situation a lot and really look at how I handled different situations and what happened as I worked my way through that and really try to learn. And so what I would say is that every challenge that I've faced, in some cases I've executed really well and is a great outcome. Other times, frankly, I just, I did a face plant and failed. But each of them provides a learning opportunity. And what I see, frankly, is there's not a lot of new challenges in business. If you just close your eyes and rattle off 15, 20 challenges, it pretty, most companies have related. What there is, there's a lot of new ways to handle challenges. And there's a plethora of situations to sort of work your way through the best outcome. And so... For me, I just try to continue to learn from uh, learn from my mistakes and learn from my successes, and then also continue to learn. And here, I think one of the things people forget when you get to a certain age is you get a sense I've been doing this for thirty years, and so therefore I know everything. And let me tell you how it's done. The reality is, you're still learning, and I know yeah. far more than I don't know than I do. So I tend to I try to learn Good. from everybody, including folks that are much younger. I've learned so much from. Some of the younger people yeah. on the team around a whole series of topics, it's really informs me as a leader. For me, I think the key is just to continue to learn. Good. That's excellent. It keeps you enthusiastic as well for your day-to-day work. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. 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 What can I what can I learn today? Yeah, exactly. How do you encourage or do you have some sort of thought process around creativity in your organization and how do you encourage the teams to also think outside the box yeah. it's about creating a space you got to create the right space and environment and i think you do mm-hmm. that through empowering people and then creating a safe place where you can fail the reality mm-hmm. is that in the tech space 
we always talk about the technology, the product, and, and, we, and that's fine. It's fine. But it's really, it's a people business and because people are the center of it. And if you look at companies that succeed or fail or have different success, oftentimes the common factor across companies that are successful, it's the people there. It's the culture, it's the attitude, mm -hmm. it's the way the company operated. And even sometimes they may not have the best product. Oftentimes, if you look at two companies that are competing in the space, and if you were assessed purely based on the technology, you may rate one company higher than the other, but the other company is more successful because they have a better team and a better culture. And for me, I'm very focused on the people and the culture and the environment. And so the, what you do is you enable people to take control and do what they think they need to do to be successful. My job isn't to tell them what to do. My job is to create an opportunity for them to be successful, enable them mm. to be successful or to work my tail off to do everything I can to create that environment and unblock things for them. They need to know that it's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. I have all the patience in the world for folks that were trying different things and getting creative and innovative. And sometimes that doesn't work out the way you'd like. And that's okay. That happens. I think mm -hmm. it's a combination of empowering people creating a safe space, but also then you have to be accountable. There is a level of accountability yeah. that comes with it. So it's really getting that combination right. But I find if you focus on the people and the culture, yes, the product and the results will take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Culture is super important in people. That's amazing. Lee, thank you so much for sharing that. Can you share what you feel oh. your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in your life? <laughs> Uh, I hope my wife's not listening because she's chuckling. I think I have a pretty good ability to look at a complex situation and try to simplify it so that we can align people around it. Good, so I'd good, say I'd for, good one for a CEO, right? Yeah, yeah, that guy, yeah. I suppose so. So I think looking at, like I said, looking at a complex situation and then trying to think about I'm forever playing scenarios in my mind of, okay, let's first, what's going on and look, try to understand and really get to the root of what's going on, not just a superficial thing. And then start to play out. If we did this, then this one, yeah. that'll that. back our way up and try another. And so I think that's, I don't know, I don't know, superpower Good. sounds a bit over the top, but I yeah. definitely that's a skill that I have. Yeah, no problem. It's just the inner feeling of something that triggered the growth that you experienced. There is a drive that every human being has that moves them in that direction. So I appreciate all the information that you shared today, Lee. It was great speaking to you. I wish your company all the growth and success. And I'm sure you're helping a lot of companies with what you've got here. And with, especially when you start incorporating artificial intelligence, oh man, I just can't even imagine where you guys are going to go with this kind of data. This could be pretty amazing for organizations. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's certainly an exciting time to be at Intervive and tell the folks, put on your seatbelt, we're getting ready to take off here. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah, great. Thank you, Lee. Audience, thanks again for joining us for another episode. Lee's information will be in the show notes. Take a look at what they do if you're looking to see what that data is saying to make things better for you and your company. Hey, worth a look. So definitely take a look and appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for helping us grow. It's great to have you part of the show. And Lee, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate the time and the opportunity. Have a great day. My pleasure.